Good morning, everybody. Today we're going to read um, John 20, verse 30 to 31. And then surely, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But those are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. There's lots that you could say about Jesus. As a matter of fact, many people did. He's pretty incredible. By the time John was inspired to write his gospel account, the others had already said a lot about him. The other apostles had already preached a lot about him all over the world. There were at least three other gospel accounts we think had probably already been written because we believe John was probably the latest of those gospel accounts to get written down. So that means that many stories about Jesus had already become really familiar among the Christian community. A lot of his most famous quotes were probably already memorized. The broad brushstrokes of his life story was well known. But as John looked out at the landscape, he realized that there were still some lesser known moments. Jesus' major sermon on the mount or the parables that he taught by the sea were really well documented at that point. So it was how he had made the lame walk or had cast out demonic legions. But even after all of that was written, even after so many sermons about Jesus had been preached, there was still so much more that could be said about Jesus. Countless conversations that he had had with individuals, a lot of lower-key miracles. Things that just a small handful of people had even known about. Things that John had uniquely been there to witness as that disciple whom Jesus loved. Things that John had seen that led him to love Jesus. Jesus wasn't just his Lord and Savior, though he absolutely was that, but to John, Jesus was also his friend, his brother. John loved Jesus and wanted us to love him too. And I do. I love Jesus. I love him because he is the light of the world. You and I get to look at him and we see what life is meant to be. We even see that in how John tells us when he starts his gospel account. He says, in the beginning. He starts his story of Jesus with the same three words that the whole human story, the whole story of the Bible begins with in Genesis. Because John realized that Jesus is how it all makes sense. Jesus is where it was all leading to. He's the one that brings the whole story of the Bible, the whole story of humanity together. I love Jesus because he did his first miracle, turning water into wine, because his mom asked him to. I love that about Jesus. He didn't do it because he was thirsty. 
He didn't do it to draw a crowd or to launch his ministry. It was actually the opposite of all that. He didn't want the attention. What he did want to do was to quietly spare a couple from experiencing shame and embarrassment on their big day. I love Jesus because he spoke to people that no one else wanted to speak to, like that Samaritan woman by that well. I love Jesus because of how he spoke to her graciously, lovingly, even though he already knew her life was messed up. And even when she responded to his love and grace in sort of a guarded way, even in kind of an argumentative way, he still cared about He still believed that her life could be better. I love Jesus because of how he sees potential in her, how he sees potential in all of us. He sees and wants to be close to us. He wants to work with us. He wants us to participate in what he's doing, even though he's doing practically all of the work. He wants us to just do that little part he gives us along with him, and then he'll share all of the joy with us. I love Jesus because he shares living water with us. Because he gives us God's Holy Spirit. Jesus provides God's presence in our lives. That presence from God that we need for each day to be nourished, to be refreshed, We can be sustained through our dry seasons, through our difficult places because of that spirit Jesus gives, that spirit that wells up, that fills up, that runs over, that presence of God that changes us. I love Jesus because he knows us. He knows us by name. I love Jesus because he never confuses twins. He knows the difference in Jess and Justin. He knows the difference in Harry and Harvey. He can tell them apart and he calls you by your name. Because he wants you Anything else in the world wants something from you. Anything else in the world wants to kill or steal or destroy, but not Jesus. He wants us to have life. He wants us to have it more abundantly. He wants it so much he gave his life for us. He wants that so much that he rose from the dead for us, that he is now living and reigning over everything forever. Jesus is the true king that shares life with anyone who will come to him, who will give their loyalty to him, who will be united with him. And that is why the Spirit inspired John to write this gospel, because by that point, the story of Jesus was already out there. And even with what he was inspired to write, there was even more that he could have said. But John selected these things because he thought maybe they might just help 
us believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Like they helped John himself believe that when he witnessed them. John hoped that we might get to know and love and follow Jesus the way that he had and experience life in Jesus' name. Because that's really what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to share in His life. That life that He gave as a sacrifice, that eternal life that He rose with that has made Him King, that life which shortly after triumphing over sin and death to become the King of the cosmos, gets breakfast on the beach for His friends. Look with me at the end of John's Gospel in John chapter 21, beginning with the first verse. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this son of Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat. That night, they caught nothing. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Jonah, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in. Because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on the outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging a net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw... A charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the measure full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, then that was not done. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew. It was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so did the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Of course, it was Jesus. Triumph over sin and death one day, fix a hot breakfast for his friends the next. That's just like him. That's why we love him. Also, there were a lot of similarities between this and a much earlier episode that some of those same guys had had with Jesus. Because before there had been a resurrection or even a crucifixion, before he'd been transfigured on a mountaintop or overwhelmed by sick crowds in the desert, before he had named any of them as apostles or preached his epic sermon on the mount, Jesus had done something almost identical to this, and that's how it is with Jesus. 
Once you really know Him, once you truly love Him, it's a lot easier to recognize Him. Because He shows up in all sorts of ways. For us too. Not that we see Him in that resurrected body like they did. Not until He comes again in the clouds. But He does show up. There are ways that we experience His loving presence with us in those moments of special, heartfelt worship. Those times where things just seem to line up, even in ways that none of us did or could have planned. Jesus shows up in those Bible studies where the topic just perfectly aligns with something that we're going through in, in that moment. When it happens in such a way that things finally click, they start to become a lot more clear for us. Jesus shows up in our service projects and in our interactions with strangers, especially when we're trying to show love and compassion to those who are most in need. He shows up by our hospital beds or even in our mailboxes with well-timed, encouraging, and comforting words. It's not a question of if Jesus shows up. It's really only a question of if we will know Him enough. If we will love Him enough to see Him and recognize Him when He's there. And about that catch of fish, that was pretty phenomenal. Right? To go from nothing after fishing all night to that? Now, I'm not an expert on fish markets in ancient Palestine, so I don't know how much a catch like that would have been worth. But I suspect it was probably enough to carry those guys through the next few days. I can easily imagine that that provided them the funds to allow them to just focus on what the risen Jesus was teaching about the kingdom for a few days. Maybe even be enough to carry them to wait for the Spirit to come in Jerusalem like Jesus would tell them to do. And Jesus has a way of doing stuff like that. When we listen to what He says, when we prioritize Him, He has this way of showing up and providing. Because we always have what we really need when we put him first. He even makes his breakfast. Think about that. Would you make up a story like that? If you're trying to say that Jesus is the true king, not Herod, not Caesar, or anyone else, would you say, and to prove it, there was that time that he fixed some fishermen a hot breakfast. No, John wrote it because it happened. It happened, and when it happened, it made John love Jesus even more. And John wanted that for us. John wanted that for us, but even more so, so did Jesus. Because in John chapter 21, continuing with verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, you love me more than these. He said to him, Yes, you know that I love you. He said to him, Eat my lambs. 
He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes. No, that I love He said to him, send my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was glorified by. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Do you love Jesus? It is a question. Because no one can make you. It is something you Just because we come to church isn't the same as loving Jesus. Now, if you do love him, will you? Will you be baptized? Will you come to church? Absolutely. Because if you love him, you want to be united with him. If you love him, you want to commune with him. You want to praise and celebrate him with the rest of his body. But realize, you can get baptized because you're scared of going to hell. And that's not the same as loving Jesus. You can come to church and feel nothing. Not only can you come to church and feel nothing, but you can be proud of how you feel nothing. Those people who feel something are just being showy. They just care about emotion, entertainment. I'm much better than they are. I don't feel a thing when I worship. I can sing without smiling. 
reality is. Jesus looks us in the eyes and he asks, do you love me? Not, will you obey me? You know why I think that is? Because you can obey Jesus and not love him. But you can't love Jesus. Not really. Without obeying him. Because after Peter says three times, Lord, you know I love you. How did Jesus reply? Follow me. Just like when he first called Peter. Just like he had spent the last few years training him to do. Now Jesus had fulfilled his mission. He had died for our sins. He had been married. He rose from the dead. Now he was king. And he would ascend to heaven to reign. But the call to Peter, the call to everyone who would be a follower of Jesus was still the same. Follow me. That is what it's all about. Peter had seen how humble, how submissive Jesus was. How completely focused on God's will that Jesus was. He had prayed with Jesus and heard how different the way Jesus prayed was from how other people had prayed. So now it was time for Peter to follow. It was time for Peter to submit, to pray like Jesus did. It was time for Peter to love like Jesus loved. He had seen how that love just flowed out of Jesus and how he encouraged people and how he comforted people who were hurting and how he served people, even how he forgave people that were mistreating him. Peter had personally witnessed just how far Jesus would go to seek the lost, to share the good news that God's reign had arrived. Jesus had made Peter a true disciple, a completely devoted follower. So now it was Peter's turn. Jesus had prepared him for it. He equipped, he empowered, he emboldened Peter, and now Peter's job was to follow. His job was to follow every day of his life. No matter what happened, even knowing that one day he would have to give his life for Christ. And you too. You don't just come to church or read your Bible. You follow Jesus. So how do you think about the next election or what movie you're going to go see should be shaped by him. How you feel about your neighbor across the street or that homeless person on the street corner should be rooted in how Jesus feels about them. What you do, the way that your family spends time together, the things that you say to each other, to strangers, even the things that you say to yourself, we should follow Jesus. In all of it. Every relationship, every interaction, every opportunity, the goods that you bake or the teams that you coach, the bodies that you combat, all of it is about Jesus. And if it's not, if there is truly no way that you can do something for Jesus, you don't need to do it. If there is no way at all you can make it about Jesus, then don't waste your time. And in all of those things that we do, we don't do it alone. 
John chapter 21, verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following The one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the same spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet, Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now we're getting near the end. Jesus reveals, I'm sorry, John reveals his part in all this. Now John's a guy who had a lot in common with Peter. They were both fishermen, both fishermen who loved Jesus. But even with their similarities, even with their incredibly close friendship, their journeys as followers of Jesus were going to look different. Peter would die a martyr. John would live to be so old that some people wondered if he was ever going to die. They'd go to different places too. The first few years, Peter and John enjoyed a lot of time together. You hardly read of one of them without the other in the first chapters of Acts. But then at some point, their paths diverged. They went different places. They weren't together anymore. But as long as they were both still following Jesus, they would. They would end up back together. Because they were focused on being with him. And in the end, that's all that matters. More than our differences more than our challenges, more than our opportunities, ultimately, we end up together if we follow Jesus. And so John concludes. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Realize Jesus isn't just one of many characters in the Bible. The gospel isn't just one topic that we periodically get around to in our Bible classes. The good news that Jesus is king is what the whole Bible is about. You never move on from it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't study the Old Testament, but it means that you see how through it God brought us Jesus. It doesn't mean that you don't talk about sin, but it means that you understand that sin is what Jesus came to save us from, that if we follow him, we are learning to live the lives that God always intended for us. It doesn't mean that we don't talk about doctrine, Though it does demand that our doctrine help us be more like Jesus. Otherwise, 
We're just arguing over words. And that's not what God wants. He wants hearers and doers. He's seeking true worshipers, which he defines as worshiping. That's a verb in spirit and in truth. I could have been here for another five years. Ten, twenty, thirty years. And what I just said will still be true. Think of how much technology is going to change in that amount of time. Think about how different the culture out in the world will be 30 years from now. If I was standing up here 30 years from now, these would be completely different faces looking at me. But it would still be true. No matter who or what changes, we will never reach a point where we've talked enough about Jesus. Nor should we want to. Jesus is awesome. If you love him too, and you need to come to him, if you need to start your relationship or restart your relationship with him, there is nothing I'd rather do today than help you do that. Because I really do love it. I love all of you. And oh, 